millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. It's that time of the year. Your vacation is coming up. You can already hear the beach waves, feel the warm breeze, relax, and think about work. You really, really want it all to work out while you're away. Monday.com gives you and the team that peace of mind. When all work is on one platform and everyone's in sync, things just flow. Wherever you are, tap the banner to go to Monday.com. Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Roper Report Player Ratings Podcast in association with the Sunderland Community Soup Kitchen. Gav, back again once more after the uh, the win tonight against Portville, and I'm joined by Bomar and Malk. Bomar, how are you doing, mate? Enjoy that? I'm all right. Well, I wouldn't say enjoy, but it's a result in a clean sheet, so I'll take it. Yeah. Malk, how about you? How did you How did you feel about that performance? Yeah, I, I agree. It wasn't the, the best thing in the world, but there was patches of improvement, and we got through without uh, any major injuries and stuff like that. So take, take mm. the good things when you get them, because uh, we, yeah. we we needed a win. That was the main thing, and, and we got one in 90 minutes-ish. Yeah, it was a, it was a, a sort of a, a control and dominant performance without the goals, I would say, to go with it. We started brightly, I thought. I thought Dan Neal and Embleton in particular were brilliant, driving the ball from the middle and trying to get us forward quickly. That was The tempo early doors was really important. It's something you don't often see with Sunderland in that um, when we do get on the ball, we sort of try and force the issue very quickly. And I think with two lads who are who are good on the ball, um, in Neil and, and Embleton, we, we we did a good job of that from the start. And uh, yeah, we got the goal in the first half through Aidan O'Brien, who I thought actually had a very decent game. Um, the, the pass from Willin and Gooch was well played. I know there was a little bit of fortune involved in that. The Portville defender didn't read it properly and sort of mistimed his block, but it did go to where it intended and O'Brien finished excellently. Um, then in the second half, it was probably probably a, a little bit quieter than we might have liked. I think that probably had a lot to do with Daniel going off. Actually, he went off at half time and Ledbetter came on, and although he, he didn't really put a foot wrong, we, we were just a lot slower on the ball. Um, and then right at the death, when it looked like the game was over, uh, another brilliant pass this time from O'Brien put Jack Diamond in on goal, and the keeper wiped him out. Penalty kick, which McGeady. Scored just about. I think the keeper got a touch on it, but it went in. Um, so yeah, it's a it's a clean sheet at home. It's a win at home. Most importantly, we haven't won a lot at home. I think before tonight we hadn't won in six in in, in our home games, which is not good. Um, and although these aren't points on the board, it puts us through in the cup, and people will have their their opinion on whether the EFL trophies are worthwhile competition. Bomber won there. It's a, it's a win, and win breeds confidence, and hopefully it gives us a bit of momentum going into the weekend, doesn't it? Yeah, yeah. Like you said, it it kind of breaks that duck of uh, however many home games you said it was without a win. Um, And like I said, right at the top, a win is a win, and it's it's a clean sheet. It's not something that we've uh, we've had too often more recently. So I think the other good thing is that it meant that we got to have a look at the likes of Neil 
and and Embleton a bit more, and even you know um, Oli Younger came on um, uh, for for what was it twenty minutes or so. You know, we got to get have a look at those players in an environment where, if we're being honest, the vast majority of people aren't really fussed about the result. Um, so yeah, it's, it stands us in good stead. We should really have stopped the rot. That's the way I'm looking at it. We stopped that rot in terms of our home results, um, and yeah, just carry that that win and that clean sheet into into the league games when it really matters, if we're being honest. Yeah. So I threw it out there on Twitter just before we hit record, the three-word review from our Twitter followers. And I'll just quickly list through them. We've got 4-4-2 from Phil, Phil Butler, one of our writers. Uh, Cameron Johnson says scoring's a minimal. Nick says Neil deserves chance. Uh, Carl Bridgewood, more pizza trophy. Martin Martin Wiggum says Kesara Sara. Um Robert Armstrong, boring to watch. Mm, bit harsh. Uh, Jason Beatty says youngsters are key. Gary Johnson says sign a striker. Kieran Jennings again, Kesara Sara. Uh, SD Greens need Kevin Nisbet. Uh, Brian Bird need more goals. Terence Crombie thoroughly deserved win. Um, Gideon Gungeon says how are the sheet. I think he's referring to the clean sheet there. <laughs> uh, Gaz K says we need strikers. Uh, Adam Wilkinson O'Brien over Wyke. Jordan Gowland please just shoot. And last but not least. Uh, YJ Lampton says corner for Sunderland. That was sort of the the story of the game for me, Mal. I think I think we had something like fifteen or sixteen corners in the game. It's it's crazy, isn't it? How we're just so toothless from from set pieces. I think during the commentary, actually, um, Danny Collins said he asked he asked or Frankie maybe asked when was the last time we scored from a corner, and they, they were really racking their brains trying to think when the last time we did. Um, there was a game against Aston Villa under twenty ones earlier in the season. Yeah, we scored yeah. a few. Um, what what can you put your finger on that at all? Like what what what's what's the crack? Is it is it poor delivery or what? I mean, it's obviously we must work on set pieces, Malik, mustn't we? So what's going on there? Well, in in my opinion, I agree we must work on set pieces, but we've got to bloody work harder because uh, you can't have that many corners. And there was a few free kicks as well in dangerous positions uh, for the mm, opposition yeah. to deal with. Um, and we're either not clear in the first man. We're not um, keeping them far away from the goalie. I mean, there were some proper bloopers in that Portville box tonight. There was one where the goalie tried to punch one clear and their defender headed it over the bar. If somebody is attacking them balls, then, you know, we've got to get the odd goal out of that. Um, So, um, I mean, Aston Villa kids, where we got a few headed goals, bless them, you know, I know the under-21s are in this competition um, to to help them develop and to bolt the competition out and that, but the, the, it was just men against boys. So I I do think it needs to be work on the deliveries. I think we should stop changing the delivery person as well. You know we've had everybody on that ball. Embleton obviously led bitter. Um, McGeady took a couple when he came on. Uh, it needs a lot of work because when we're not creating a lot as we haven't been, you've got to convert them. You've got to get something out of them, and we're not nearly enough. Yeah, I think I think that some of that comes down to the fact that. You know, we aren't, we aren't, unless we've got people like Tom Flanagan and, and Conor McLaughlin on the pitch, we aren't actually that big a team. You know, our, our midfield is generally small. Our, our strikers are generally small, with the exception of Charlie White. But, you know, he just seems to not be able to head a ball or, or, or finish or be any sort of threat in the air, which really just leaves kind of Jordan Willis. Certainly in today's uh, today's lineup, only really left Jordan Willis as, as a threat aerially. But in t- to just touch on what you were saying, Malcolm, about the different takers, I think that is a necessity because we don't seem to have anyone who can can consistently place a ball in. So it looks like it's like, oh, well, that wasn't very good. Okay, well, you try the next one then. And then someone else has another go for a couple, doesn't work off, and then it's the next person in the line. So hmm. it's um, 
it, if they are working on it, it needs more work. Yeah. What do we think about the strikers tonight then? Because obviously, you, I think we went with two up front. O'Brien started up there with Lyndon Gooch. Lyndon Gooch was definitely playing centre forward. He wasn't wide. Um, I think I think actually the pair of them worked quite well together. Obviously, they they they, they combined for the first goal, uh, and then and then O'Brien got himself an assist as well. Uh, has he played himself into contention, Mal? I, I know I know as well, and we'll, we'll we'll bring this into it as well. Charlie White came on and missed the sitter and just generally looked like Charlie White, didn't he? I mean, has O'Brien played himself into contention for the weekend, do you think? Or do you think White starts against Wimbledon? Because I think I think a goal and assist is enough, surely, for, for O'Brien to, to knock on the manager's door, isn't it, before that game? So, well, you've given us a chance and I've taken it tonight. Well, he's got to be knocking on the door, absolutely. I mean, White came on, I know it was only 20 minutes to go, maybe 25, including the injury time, um, but he missed an absolute couple of sitters. I mean, that header... Uh, if you go back to the oh. game at the weekend, that header that he had, if if that had been any other half-decent League One centre-forward, that would have been absolutely ripping a hole in the net. And he put it straight at the keeper's yeah. midriff, you know. Can, can um, we just, can we a... just touch on... Can we Sorry to butt in, but can we just explore that further, that, that header? Because the ball, <laughs> as you say, was a peach. It was, a, it was an outstanding cross, right? Yeah. They slowed it down on the replay on the on the stream. Wyke standing in space. It's a free header, not man. One, it's a free yeah, it's header. a free header. Not one Portfield player around him. He's got all day to think about what he does with it, where he puts it, and it's he hits it straight at the keeper. I, I'm looking at him thinking, how, how has he missed that? I would have scored that. He's, yeah, exactly. Uh, how has, he's how has he in the got one as place. many goals as he's got this season? Because yeah. he just misses so many st- stupid little chances like that, and I just think, yeah, what kind of persist with him? We need a striker. The one I, think one of the th- I, I think one of the third three-word reviews, somebody... Well, majority, quite a lot of them touched on we need another striker. I mean, it, we we won't we won't get promoted with him up front, Bomber. Surely, no, no. And I know I know he's got well, he's double figures for the season, and and people would defend that and say, well, you know, he's the only striker that that's scoring. But uh, you know, that's that's not the be all and end all. You know, I, I'm with you. I'm astounded that he's he's got that many. Um, I I seem to come on here every time I'm on here and and say something uh, that he's pissed me off about um <laughs> and you know he's just not he's not a league one striker or if he is a league one striker he's not you know a top six striker in this league and he, you know no one is no team is going to get promoted if they're pinning their hopes on on charlie white and yes okay mm. he, he pops up with the odd performance where well i say performance he, he still when he scores he still doesn't necessarily give that performance he just happens to be in a right place at the right time but it's not often enough to be um you know worthy of consideration when when you're picking your starting lineup um just mm. to to go back to because we haven't really touched on your first question gab about aiden o'brien um i mean if ever there was you know an example of a of a confidence player that was that was aiden o'brien tonight because you know people had written him off myself included and a lot of people in our whatsapp group had written him off not two three games ago um and all of a sudden he's got that goal and it was a very well taken goal it's a good finish and uh, and all of a sudden he looked like a completely different player after scoring that goal. So I I think he, I'd give him another chance because I've I'm sick to the back teeth of of talking about Charlie Wyke and how he should be doing better. Yeah, I would I would yeah. agree. And 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 just to close that question out, um, Gav, um, if you think about the amount of work that needed to be done for the opportunities that we had, yeah, O'Brien had loads to do. It needed a a needle through, uh, you know, a needle accurate pass from Gooch to to get the lad in. And then he had to, he had to score from a very difficult position. Um, Wyke had to just point it at the goal and make sure the goalkeeper, 
who looked about five foot six, wasn't in the way. Um, and then in the 90-odd minute, he had one that fell right in front of him three yards out and he didn't have the, the quickness of feet to just tap it in. You know, he's yeah, he's got to get a shout for did, that. Yeah. yeah, yeah, he took about five touches, didn't he? Yeah, he's got to get a shout and he's he's got an assist. When was the last time Charlie White got an assist? He's got to get a goal. Whether he will or not, it just depends on how uh, critical the, the manager, the coach is going to be of tonight's performance, another one. Yeah, I wonder, I wonder if that does count as an assist actually from O'Brien. It should do because it was a brilliant pass. I know obviously the, it was a penalty, but for no, me, for me that pass, about, the pass um, made the goal, didn't it? If we're yeah. talking about fancy football teams, then uh, then the assist would be for, for Diamond. It'd be Diamond with those three uh, three assist points. <laughs> uh, well, on route to rapport, we, we're going to see O'Brien gets the assist. Okay, we'll move on to the uh, we'll move on to player ratings then. Um, I'll start off with Remy Matthews, probably the easiest mark to give this because he done nout. He had nothing to do <laughs> um, other than claim a couple of crosses and take some goal kicks. So uh, he gets a he gets a six for me. That's the standard mark for doing nout. Um, nout wrong even. Uh, Bomber okay. McFadzie in that left back. It feels like we're going to be seeing a lot of him uh, going forward. I think Dender Hume is going to be out for a few more weeks, isn't he? So um, he needed to sort of prove he's worth to me. And did he do that? Uh, he It was very similar to um, to Saturday's game, actually, I thought, in that he didn't really do an awful lot wrong. Um, but again, didn't really set the world on light. I still think, with regards to his crossing, um, that most of the time leaves a lot to be desired. Um, but he gets in the right positions. You know, he's he he seems a very similar type of left back to Denver Hume in that he likes to get forward, like and is comfortable on the ball and it, and can't cross very well. Um, the only thing <laughs> the only yeah. thing that he doesn't have that Denver has is is his willingness and ability to kind of cut in and drive a, a fullback or a centre back in attacking positions. I mean, if we had to go with him for another three four games, I, I wouldn't be disappointed. Um, today I gave him a six because again. He didn't set the world alight, but equally didn't do anything wrong. So I think some of his crossing was poor. There was one that I can think of where he just it it didn't make any sense. There were two or three players committing in the box, and he sort of like side footed it into the air yeah. towards the goalkeeper, and he knew himself it was crap because his head head was in his hands. Um, but I'm being picky, I guess. I don't think I don't think it's hard to judge sometimes these players when the other teams offered nothing going forward because mm. he yeah. he didn't really have to defend so. I can't really argue against your mark. Um, Billy Wright then, Mark? Uh, he, he, yeah, Billy Wright, how did he do? First off, I thought he was really, really strong. Um, I gave him kind of a six, six and a half for the first half. Um, you know, the, the defensive unit looked pretty, uh, much more solid in the first half and I'm not too sure um, what things changed that made it look less so in the second half. Um in the second half, uh, I gave him kind of five and a half and a six. He was wasteful a couple of times. Um, there's an argument that, you know, the two tackles that he did on the edge of box could have really got us in trouble if uh, the opposition were a bit more clinical with their finishing. Um, so on balance, I gave him a six uh, because it's a clean sheet and I think he deserves that. Uh, but it, it wasn't the domineering performance from Bailey Wright that we often see, mm. especially in the second half. Um and he needs to be looking over his shoulder with Willis around, Sanderson around, Flanagan will be coming back soon. You know, um, they are all going to need to step up to keep their places, but decent enough performance and six overall. Yeah, he, he got himself booked, didn't he, for a for a daft foul where the, the man got the wrong side of him. and it he just was got a, turned, didn't he? Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, it, was, it wasn't great. Yeah, so I, I actually, I, I, I've maybe been a bit harsh on right, but I actually gave him a four. I thought by his own standards he was What? We've got a clean sheet? 
Yeah, I know. You're, but you're a the, hard the, man to please. Possibly, Bonner. possibly. But the, I'm, I am judging him by his own standards, in, in <laughs> fairness. Yeah, yeah. And the yellow card was cheap. It was a second um, second game in a row that he's got a cheap yellow card. His defensive positioning for that yellow card was absolutely piss poor, which is why he's pulled him down. He, he also, in that second half, had some very, very loose touches. And um, and Josh Scoring got him out the crap quite a, on quite a few occasions. And... Hit for me, too many long balls. Um, and also in injury time, he ended up on his backside to let Port Vale in. And they almost, it was that chance they had on the, on that far left-hand side. Um, that came from him slipping over and ending up on his backside. So maybe I'm being hypercritical, but, um, and it, it might seem stupid to give a, you know, a player who's kept a clean sheet of four. But like I say, by his own standards, I thought he was poor today. Yeah. Well, you made a compelling argument. Um, okay, my turn then. I'm going for Jordan Willis. Uh, I just gave him a six. I, to be fair to Willis as well, he isn't fit. It's just so. I think when Lee Johnson talked the other day about the players who who are struggling with the hernias, it might be it might be Willis. That's one of those because he seems to just not really impact the game an awful lot before before like sort of slowly falling out of the game, looking a little bit sluggish and having to come off. Um, and I I I guess we haven't really learned the extent of his injury problems, but it's plagued him all season. Um, that said, he didn't do anything wrong, but Port Vale didn't really bother him too much, so that's another easy one for me, I think. Uh, mm-hmm. So yeah, I give him a six. I don't know if either of you disagree. I, I think it was better than his previous uh, recent attempts at coming back. Um, he looked a bit stronger and a bit fitter and a bit firmer on the ball. A um, couple of good early hard tackles went in, but he did fade. You're not wrong. Um, and you know, with it's the ideal opportunity for people that are coming back from probably injury and a dabbling with COVID-19 to see how he's doing. And I think he stepped up a little bit, um, but he's he's not back to how he was 18 months ago yet. Yeah, we saw, we saw flashes of it, didn't we? Uh, yeah. Sometimes on the ball, and I don't know if that's just because Port Vale were relatively poor going forward, but he did look quite classy on the ball at times. Um, for me, if he's 100% fit, he's still our best centre-half. Yeah, He steps mm. into the space well as well, doesn't he? You know, if there's a mm. bit of a gap in front of him, He's not frightened to bring the ball forward and wait for them to apply pressure, which means you're not humping such a long ball. You know, you're maybe playing through most, but it's a little bit of a step up, but he's yeah. still not there. Yeah. Now for the uh, the League One Cafu, Max Power, <laughs> Bomber. Uh, how did you mark him? Then he's new position at right back there. Yeah. So I, I again, I gave him a six. Um, maybe if we're doing half marks, a six and a half, because if you take into consideration that it is an unfamiliar, unfamiliar position for him, all right, didn't have an awful lot to do defensively, which meant he could focus on getting forward. And he, But he did actually get forward. There was a few kind of times that he overlapped on the right-hand side. He was picking the ball up in that kind of that right-hand corner um, a couple of times, um, was moving the ball, got a couple of crosses in, um, played a couple of square balls across the box. Um, and, you know, for somebody who is filling in in that position, I don't think you can ask much more, really. Um, so... Yeah, I mean, it's it's a six. It's one of those, like like we've said with a couple of the players so far, didn't do anything spectacular, but certainly didn't do anything wrong. Um, and then all things considered, when he's out playing out of position, it's it's a decent performance. Hmm. Josh Scowen, Malk, he played a little bit deeper than he normally does for the majority of the game. How do you how do you feel about him? Yeah, um, he was okay. He was there was times when he was very good with some of his driving runs and stuff like that. But then there was a couple of occasions he did those driving runs and having little one two. Um, touches with people and then the last pass would just be rubbish um so um on on balance i gave him a five and a half uh i think he might share a six on a good day um you know he 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 did provide more in the midfield i think 
as you touched on, Gav, when, when we had Neil on, I think Scowan had a bit more go forward in him um, because both Neil and Embleton were, you know, really having a go in the midfield and I think that gave him a bit more freedom. Second half, he wasn't as good, but then I agree, I think Ledbitter kind of calmed things down, possibly with less of an attacking intent. Uh, so mm. he's, he's somewhere between a five and a half and a six for me. Um, but a decent yeah. enough performance, but he wasn't the the best of the midfield, and I think that's why he got what he got. Yeah, uh, so my turn now, Dan Neil. Uh, at half-time, I, I wrote my scores down, and I gave him an eight for the first half, not expecting him to come off. Um, so I can only really go on the first half performance. I thought he was fantastic, if I'm honest. Um, he moved the ball around quickly, effectively. Some of his diags were really good. You know, it looked as though you just wanted to get the ball forward very quickly, which is something you... You don't normally see from our central midfield players, and it was a perfect game for a player like Dan Neil, really, because Port Vale didn't really press us. They sat back, so he had all the time in the world to do what he wanted. And um, yeah, I, I mean, I, I hope he's not injured. I hope it's not serious um, because he came off at the break. But yeah, I gave him an eight, and I think that's fair enough. If I'm honest, I think if we if I'm if we're given the likes of you know Scowen and that sixes and sevens then Dan Neil was certainly a, a step up from that so yeah uh, an eight out of ten for Dan Neil um has anybody got anything to say on his his performance I mean is he well, there's been rumors hasn't there that he could be off on loan to a league two side uh yeah you, you, but when he plays in games people are always impressed aren't they it's it's a funny one I think he does need to be playing regularly but at the same time um is he going to get games here in the league I don't think so this is the thing. If on that performance and on the performances we've seen of him, if Dan Neil can, if Lee Johnson can guarantee that Dan Neil will play two in every three games, then we keep him and he stays, uh, um, and it'll be really, really good for us. If that's not the case, and I don't think it would be, I think at the moment there's far there's too many senior professionals in that position who would be picked above him. So I think he needs to go and he needs to get you know twenty games of, of first team football, you know, half half a season of football under him. The one thing I, I one thing I would say about Neil um that I picked in kind of my notes is that it was so it was really refreshing to see a centre midfielder pick the ball up, play a forward pass, and then actually make us every time he played a forward pass, just surged forward looking for a one two, looking for the return ball. And you if when you watch Lead Bitter and Power and Scow and play, they'll play that forward ball. But there's no urgency to then get forward and try and support that attack again. They, yeah. they're, they're much more likely to ask for it back and come backwards. Whereas every time Neil got the ball, he'd play it forward into Embleton or into Gooch. And he'd immediately try and get beyond them to try and get that ball back. And I think that was, it was for me, it was brilliant. Hmm. Embleton yeah. then. Uh, who, who's got Embleton? I think it's you, Bomber. Uh, yeah, I think it's me, yeah. What, what do you make of his performance? So I, I actually marked him down a little bit. I thought he was quite wasteful. Um, on 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 the ball. Um, I thought some of his decision making it was quite poor. The bit, the best bits, his best bits were when he linked up with Neil on those one twos and those overlaps. Um, but I I felt that when he was kind of solely in charge of the ball, more often than not, he made the wrong decision. And again, maybe I was watching something slightly different or looking for something slightly different. Um, because the general consensus in the, in kind of the WhatsApp group and stuff was that he played really well. But I I find his his kind of decision making in that as that final ball or that final pass to be um the wrong one um so yeah it, it he wasn't poor by any stretch but I, as we're marking you know the likes of scour and power six um I, I probably on reflection probably i would give him a six but i'm gonna stick to my guns and go with a five because i was disappointed with his um with his final final ball 
So I, I'm I'm quite surprised, Bomber. I think you're having a bad evening tonight, and you. you're <laughs> No, I, I, I thought Embleton in the first half, especially, was very very good. Um, yeah, he should, agree, he should have had yeah. a, he should have had a penalty in the first five minutes when he got bundled over in the corner of the box. Um, you know. Yeah, we haven't touched on that actually. You're yeah. right. Yeah, he did. They showed it back slowly, and he yeah he got the the player clattered mm. him. He did, and he was just inside the box. So he should have had a penalty. Um, you know, he, him and Gooch did a lovely one-two, but there was nobody bombing into the box uh, to kind of convert it. Um, he took a shot and it clipped the keeper and hit the bloody crossbar. And then, um, you know, in the forty oddth minute, he did a lovely little run down the left side, one-two, and smashed a left-footed drive, and it was about three foot over the bar. Um, so, so I, I gave him a seven in both halves. Although the second half, he was less significant than the first but um you know i didn't see a lot that neil did you know you can't you can't see everything that every player does so so mm. i wouldn't have been yeah. as effusive about uh dan neil but he did have a good half the, the what he played so. yeah i i actually gave embleton an eight for the first half and a seven for the second okay. so I, I'm, I'm more on your lines to be honest Mark. but i think i think with um with embleton I, I i sort of want to see him do well as well so that maybe maybe impacts um the way I mark him. But there was just some of the some of the little things that he does. Like there was one there was one particular moment I remember where he burst into the box and he dribbled with both feet. Yeah. In in that movement. He used his left, his right, a jinky that way. He's just I like two footed players and um it was just nice to see something a bit different, I guess, from a midfield player. Uh, but yeah, yeah I, I do agree. I think in the second half he was quieter, but I don't think he had a bad game. I think he I think he was especially like you say when Dan Neil was on the pitch, the whole team was better actually, <laughs> and and yeah, maybe think, Hamilton suffered a little bit from him going off. Yeah, I think maybe that's where kind of my comparison is: is that anything, particularly those link-ups where Neil and Embleton were linking up, I attributed those to Neil because it was Neil generally speaking he was making that second run to go and receive the ball back, and rather than perhaps appreciate the pass from Embleton back to him, as just kind of credited mm. that with with Neil. I'm not saying that Embleton was poor by any stretch of the imagination, but I I, I just. For, you know, certain certain incidents and stuff stay in your mind, don't they? And that's what you end up making your judgments yeah. on. Yeah, yeah, fair dues. Yeah, yeah. Uh, next up is Chris Maguire, Malk. Um, another game of two halves. I thought in the first half he was quite hungry. He was he was turning people and running into space yeah. and having a bit of a go. Um, you know, he he had that shot that the um the goalie kind of fluffed over the corner, uh, which you know was. I was wishing that was Diamond because that was the same position Diamond curled that little left footer into the top corner from. Um, he's, uh, I think he's another one of these players who's still coming back to full fitness, possibly from injury, possibly from having a monkey chest from this bug. Um, second half, nowhere near as effective, really quiet. Um, and I think it was it was a good idea that he went off on the, the 72nd, 73rd minute, whatever it was, when they brought the three subs on. Uh, McGeady, Wake and Younger. I gave him a five for the second half, but a, a seven for the first, so I'd probably split the middle and go six. Again, a, a step up as per Jordan Willis, but still not himself. Uh, we'll rattle through the rest of these. Then Lyndon Gooch, I gave an eight in this first half and a seven in the second, just because he was a little bit quieter. Um, again, Gooch just very busy. Uh, it was nice to see him play through the middle. I think that's probably his favourite position, isn't it? He'd done a, he done a podcast with the club, uh, a few months ago where he mentioned that he likes to play through the middle. So you genuine, generally you're going to see probably a little bit more from him when he does get the chance to play play there. Um, uh, I wouldn't say it was an accomplished 
performance from Gooch, but he, he definitely did well. And like I say, his pass for the goal was, was superb, I thought. Very well weighted and O'Brien pretty much just had to lash the ball, didn't he? So um yeah, I give Gooch a seven for for the for his whole performance. Um but I was yeah, I was happy to see him play, to be fair. He hasn't featured an awful lot from the start again uh, since since Johnson came in. Um last of the starters bomber is Aidan O'Brien, who we've already spoke quite a lot about. Yeah, yeah. So I won't go into too much detail because, like like you said, we have spoken about him quite a bit. I gave him an eight overall. Um, I think last, um, you know, last part of that second half, he he kind of faded out. I know um, the kind of the his work was done. I think in that first half in particular, like I said, that goal seemed to do him a world of good. It was a good finish. It was good movement, and he had some he had some nice footwork in and around the box. He played some nice little intricate passes in and around the box. Um, so yeah, I think. He he was obviously one of the standouts. Um, so for me, he was a, he's kind of seven and a half, eight, um, and you know a strong case for man of the match. I think. Yeah. Yeah. I, I, just just closing that out. Sorry, Gav. The the one thing I will say, in my opinion, and you can shoot me down if you disagree. I think both Gooch and O'Brien, even though neither of them's half the size of Charlie White, held the ball up and controlled it better in the attack and <laughs> third. Yeah. You know, and yeah. a big lummox like that should not have that problem. It's the other reason why. I think he's uh, he's gonna maybe get rotated out this weekend, but we'll have to see. Yeah, I'll let you mark him then, Charlie Wake. What do you reckon, Mark? He wasn't on long, but he left a bit of an impression on us at least. <sighs> well, he missed that header. <laughs> uh, he he couldn't kind of get his feet in place to tap in on the ninety fourth minute or wherever it was. Um, he did a few okay things. You know, there's a little bit of hold up play out wide, but for the time he was on, I give him a five maximum. Um, yeah. And he's he's. You know, he must be looking over his shoulder, especially with, uh, you know, what we've seen last weekend and tonight. I think he will be today, after today. I think before that, I think he probably felt his position was quite safe, especially with Will Grigg getting injured um, and the others not really having a look in. But I think after today, it, it'll either give him a kick at the backside or it'll certainly have him looking over his shoulder. Yeah. The the other thing with Wyke, um and obviously I, I listened to the, uh, the podcast you did at the weekend and Chris sort of, asked what's the scale when it comes to Charlie White <laughs> like does he get a mark for putting his boots on for running a bit like it was again it was one of those type of performances he came on for 20 yeah. minutes and the couple of things he had to do he didn't do right so it's mm. difficult to, to score him he's a striker and he needs to be putting chances away when he gets them so I think you've been fair there Malk. Um I'll rattle off the rest of them we'll just get through the rest of these young Gareth given a 6-2 he didn't do a great deal other than clatter their striker Tom Pope, Pope, who yeah, I don't yeah. particularly like. He's a bit of a gobshite, so I was glad to see that. Um, McGeady, I thought, was great, actually. I gave him an eight. I think I think his ball for Wyke should have been should have been an assist, and he took his penalty and scored it. So you can't ask much more than that, really. Um, Ledbitter, I gave a six too. I actually think he slowed the game down without playing particularly poorly, which actually prevented us from being... Um, but sort of turning the screw and getting more goals and maybe that's something for Johnson to look at. Like when Ledbet are starting games, we're not winning enough. Is it is it the fact yeah. he's so influential and slows us down so much that we're we're struggling to, to beat poor teams, you know? That's really something to maybe ponder on after this game because as we saw in the first half with Dan Neal playing in his position, we were a lot better and we were playing a crap team. But Port Vale set up in a way that most teams set up when they come to the stadium mm. alike. They they just sat behind the ball. So it is something to ponder on. Um, and lastly, I gave Diamond a seven. His run for the for the penalty decision was fantastic. Proper centre forward play, actually. Even though he's not a centre forward, he was sort of on the shoulder of the last man, bursting into the box, and he did some good stuff out wide. 
Um, does anybody disagree with anything I've said there? Is there any anything you no. would sort of like to to add? Because I think yeah, the, the it was an interesting so for once the subs we we actually had something to talk about, didn't we? <laughs> yeah. yeah, not always positively. If we're talking about White, not always positively, but it's an interesting point that you made about Ledbetter, Gav, because he he did slow the ball down, which meant that we didn't get it forward as quickly, which meant it was more difficult to break down um, Port Vale because they were sitting deeper and and happy to contain. So it is an interesting thing as to, you know, whether you only play Ledbetter or you only start Ledbetter in the in the games against the top sides where you want to control possession and control the tempo a little bit more. Um, it's, it is a good argument. Or bring him in when we're 3-0 up and we just mm. want to, you know, absorb the pressure and hit on the break. Um, yeah. So, yeah, I, I, I don't disagree with any of them. Um, Marks, Gav, Diamond was great. Um, McGady, I mean... What a turnaround, eh? Since Parky put him in the under twenty threes and told him to train in the car park. You know, the blokes got his hunger back. Um I agree, ninety nine of them crosses out of a hundred would have been ninety nine goals, um, for the one that White didn't put away. Um so yeah. <laughs> it's good that we've got some attacking options. You know, subs have come on and made a, a positive difference, apart from as we've said, um, you know, lead bit of coming on, but that was more forced through hopefully a precautionary withdrawal of of a lad who took a bit of a knock, so yeah, man the match. Then I've given it to um to O'Brien. Yep. Yeah, yeah, you agree? Me. Yeah, I'd agree. Yeah, he's. We were talking on the on the WhatsApp chat before the game about you know is this going to be one of his last chances? And a lot of people think it possibly was, and he he's definitely stepped up. So yeah, man of the match for me as well. Yeah. Yeah, well that, that that's the main thing. He's given the manager something to think about, hasn't he? He could well start at the weekend because he's played so well. It wasn't a complete performance, but he scored. I would say, like he, I would argue, he, he, you know, the the second goal came as a result of his brilliant pass. Um, and just all around, his play was good. Like I thought, I thought he was busy. He, he, sometimes you need your striker to go go looking for the ball, and you need him to create his own chances. And I'm not saying that it was a that, that O'Brien did all of that to to you know an acceptable standard. Some of his play wasn't great, but. It was just nice to see the man leading the line do something <laughs> instead of just standing there waiting for the ball. Yeah, he did the basics, the fundamentals very well. He wasn't necessarily flashy. He wasn't like it didn't have masses amounts of flair. But in terms of the you know the 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 fundamentals that you expect from someone playing in that position, he did those very well. I thought. Yeah, yeah. there was there was one bit around about the fifty eighth fifty ninth minute. He he killed a, a a long crossfield ball to the edge of the box. And brought it round, and he he passed it to Gooch when Embleton was in yards and yards of space. So I mean, Gooch ended up putting it putting it wide for a, a corner. But you know, if he's doing things like that, as you say, bomber on top of the basics, let's let's give him another shout. Um, and if he doesn't keep doing it, then you know there's an argument to rotate them back out. But he's given himself a chance. Mm, yeah. So we look forward to Wimbledon at the weekend. There'll be another podcast before. Uh, obviously the game then we'll be back with the player ratings after that so yeah thanks everyone for listening don't forget we're running a charity fundraiser this month as Bomber touched on in the last podcast for the calm zone where there's about 15 of us running walking cycling trying to trying to get to Wembley and back I think it's over a thousand miles we've got to do in January so that information's up on the website you can find the link to the GoFundMe page if you'd like to give some money and obviously on the Twitter page other than that, yeah, we'll see you back at the weekend, hopefully, with three points to talk about. Uh, and yeah, thanks very much for listening over and out. Normally, being a little extra can be a bit much. But when it comes to healthcare, it pays to be extra. 
And United Healthcare makes it easy with Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they supplement your primary plan, helping you manage out-of-pocket costs without the usual requirements and restrictions like deductibles and enrollment periods. So when it comes to covering your medical bills, you can feel good about being a little extra. Visit uh1.com to find the Health Protector Guard plan for you. When you make decisions for your company, you look for the no-brainers. And if you have a lot of mailing to do, Stamps.com is the ultimate no-brainer. It streamlines your processes to make your business more efficient, which makes you less busy. Mail checks, invoices, legal documents, and everything you need to keep your business running with Stamps.com. Seamlessly connect with every major marketplace and shopping cart. Schedule package pickups and see your cheapest and fastest shipping options from different carriers. With rates up to 89% off USPS and UPS rates. And with the Stamps.com mobile app, you can take care of mailing and shipping wherever you are. Make the same no-brainer decision as over 1 million other businesses with Stamps.com. Sign up with code PROGRAM for a 4-week trial, plus free postage and a free digital scale. No long-term commitments or contracts. That's stamps.com. Code program.